Hey everybody, welcome to OK Talks. I'm your host, Oliver Kendall. I'm a lifelong political nerd with an academic background in international relations and security policy, who's also worked for a number of liberal political campaigns and organizations. I've also gotten to live outside the US for a couple of years, which, I think, puts me in a good position to comment for my American audience on some events of note happening outside the country, and to interpret for my, I'm pleased to say, growing non-American audience, just what the hell's going on in American politics. So I had a different episode that I'd recorded that I'd planned to release this weekend. But uh, that episode being fairly uh, partisan, and this being the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, I decided to do something different. The other one can wait, it'll come out in a couple of days. 20 years ago, sitting in my third grade classroom at the Washington Waldorf School, we were suddenly sent into the hallway, instructed to sit against the wall with our backs facing out. There was a windstorm, we'd been told. We sat there for quite a while. I don't remember exactly what happened next, but I recall being overjoyed to learn that school would end early, and then overhearing one of the teachers say something to an older student about a plane crash as I walked out of the school to clear blue skies and not a single wind-blown branch on the ground. It was only later that day in my grandfather's house where I noted the rare occasion of the television being on and saw footage of a plane flying straight into one of two towers that I didn't recognize. I don't think I'd ever been to New York before. In the weeks that followed, I have vague memories of seeing smoke rising from the other side of Washington, where it had been explained to me that another plane had hit the Pentagon. Life in D.C. following the attacks continued to be weird and unsettling as reports circulated of something ominous-sounding called anthrax being sent to government buildings, and a spree of sniper attacks fed the atmosphere of panic and meant that we children weren't allowed outside of our school buildings until the shooters were ultimately caught. Twenty years later, so much feels so different. But so much feels the same. America feels less stable and safe than it once did. Joined now by a number of other, newer forms of extremism, Islamic extremism continues to menace the liberal world. And I say Islamic extremism advisedly. Although extremist violence comes from a whole host of ideologies and has quickly gotten way worse with the advent of the internet, I, at least, know of no other extremist school of thought with quite as much zeal for the suicidal infliction of harm as jihadism. Since 9-11, people all over the world have suffered violence in its name, from train bombings in Madrid and London to massive shooting attacks at public venues in Paris and Mumbai and the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, to countless bombings all over the world, and especially in the Middle East and parts of Africa, in which jihadists have slaughtered thousands upon thousands of other innocent Muslim civilians just trying to live their lives, for the crime of belonging to the wrong sect within Islam, for having not joined or having stood against radical groups, or just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Unfortunately, it has to be said here, 20 years out, that although virtually everyone we know of who is involved in 9-11 is either dead or imprisoned, deservedly, those profoundly evil men were in many ways wildly successful. Besides providing the inspiration for a jihadist movement that's brought about violence on just about every continent, their real trick was getting us in the West, liberal societies, to do untold damage to ourselves. Yes, we've done some things right in the war on terror, but it has to be acknowledged that we have made some terrible mistakes, both as individuals and as governments since 9-11, which played straight into the hands of the jihadists. Every bigot who attacks individual Muslims not only tears at the fabric of our pluralistic societies, leaving us divided and weakened, 
but also undermines the worthy cause of pushing back intellectually on radical Islam, on Islamic extremism, by making it far easier for fundamentalism's enablers to conflate legitimate criticism of Islamism, the distinct ideology that jihadists use to justify violence, with discrimination against Muslims in general. Every abuse of a prisoner in the name of national security has been a chink in the armor of America and the liberal West's moral authority. Post-9-11 fear enabled bad leaders to take America to war in the wrong country in 2003, resulting in the loss of trillions of dollars and, more importantly, thousands of American and hundreds of thousands of Iraqi lives, doing untold damage to America's standing in the world, ironically enough distracting our attention away from Afghanistan, where those responsible for 9-11 managed to escape us, and paving the way for Al-Qaeda's even more radical jihadist successor, the Islamic State, to spawn and gain a foothold. As bitter as it feels to say the words I did a little earlier, that those who attacked us were in many ways wildly successful, almost none of those things that I mentioned would have happened if the terror attacks of 9-11 had not so succeeded in their base goal of terrifying us. Thousands of innocents were murdered by jihadists on 9-11, Many more innocent people have died since, either at further terrorist attacks or as collateral damage in the wars waged to try to prevent them. Today, let's honor their lives and mourn their loss, and also commit to do everything possible to neither suffer nor cause the deaths of any more innocent people, either from doing too little to prevent terrorism and stand up to extremism, or from doing too much as a result of being baited by jihadists into making the wrong move. It's said that the best revenge is to live well. 20 years out from those horrific attacks that tragically ended so many lives and changed so many others, let's do that by standing up for liberal values, refusing to be terrorized by the forces of organized hate, and remaining committed to building and upholding the kind of open, equal, pluralistic societies where free thought, happiness, and humanity can flourish. May we all keep putting one foot in front of the other in the belief that together, bit by bit, we can make the world a better place. Thanks for listening.